Turn to your neighbor and talk about how it's one thing to be talented. It's another thing to be generous and share it with other people like that. Go ahead, talk. <laughs> talk. That was well done. That was well done. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, all of Karen's people. I know that, um, uh, I know they... I know they talked about them this morning, and, and you guys are aware of them, and Connor and I have made videos about them, but, uh, uh, but in addition to our local missions emphasis for our Lenten mission offering, uh, we got in a set of the shoes that we're buying through, uh, through this ministry, this nonprofit group uh, called Shoes That Grow. We got in a pair of the shoes that actually grow, and, um, and they're so cool. You can, uh, you, can adjust the, you can adjust the length of them, because we remember from when we had kids, right, that, that like, kids actually don't go through shoes. They outgrow shoes. You know, like shoes last longer than, uh, than, 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 than like a child's foot will stay the right size. And so they've got straps on the sides. You can, they're really cool, and then they're made out of really tough stuff. So anyway, Shoes That Grow, uh, these are great, and y'all are doing great by supporting that. I invite you to turn this morning as we read a story to set up the story. So we're going to read it. Uh, it doesn't take much commentary, uh, and, then, and then we're going to go straight to Luke chapter uh, 19. But first, but first, turn with me in the first half of the Bible to about a thousand years before Jesus with a story of Elisha from 2 Kings. It's page 360 in my green Bible. Uh, green for the masters. Don't think about what they're doing right now. P- focus on this. Second <clears throat> um, Kings chapter 9. And I'll tell you ahead of time, um, Randy, I messed up. I only, put in, uh, I only put in the first two verses, but I'm going to read three. Uh, but it, but it's, it's okay. So um, you'll just trust me that I'm reading the Bible. It goes like this. This is, uh, this is the story. Elisha received the mantle of Elijah earlier, and so he's the second of these, and he literally put a coat over him and, and said, um, uh, you're the guy that follows in my footsteps. It says, the prophet Elisha called to a member of the group of prophets, get ready, take the this jug of oil with you and go to Ramoth Gilead. When you arrive there, look for Jehu, Jehoshaphat's son and Nimshi's grandson. Go to him, then pull him away uh, from his associates, taking him to a private room. And then it says in verse three, take the jug of oil and pour it on his head. Then say, this is what the Lord has said. I anoint you king of Israel. Then open the door and run out of there without stopping. And, and they did exactly that. They went from this place to the next place, and they found Jehu, and he was in a room, and he had his military advisors and commanders and all of his colleagues with him, and they said, hey, we need to see one of you, and they said, which one? And, and they were like, Jehu, and so Jehu's like, I, that, that's me, and they take him off to another room, and then they tell him this, and they pour the oil over his head, and then he comes back into the room with his military advisors and commanders, and they say, what was that about? And he actually says, you can read about it in verse 12, he actually says, you know, that prophet's a fanatic. I mean, it's basically what he says. And they were like, no, really, what did he say? And Jehu says, well, he said I'm supposed to be king. And then in the very next verse, very next verse, in verse 13, it says, then each man quickly took his cloak and put it beneath Jehu on the paved steps. They blew a trumpet and said, Jehu has become king. Now that was then, this is now. We hear together, if you'll turn with me, to Luke chapter 19, as we have made it 10 chapters now of listening to Jesus as we follow him from far away all the way now to literally the Mount of Olives just a few hundred yards away from
Jerusalem, and this is that triumphal entry. This is that, 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 that day of entering, and, and we know it is Palm Sunday, and the kids have, uh, have recognized it that way, and it's beautiful, and we've got these, these palm branches that are laying on the ground reminding us of that. It says in verse 29 of Luke 19, As Jesus came to Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he gave two disciples a task. He said, go into the village over there. When you enter it, you will find tied up there a colt that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If someone asks, why are you untying it? Just say, its master needs it. Those who had been sent found it exactly as he had said. As they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying our colt and what are you doing? They said, its master needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks, clothes on the colt, and lifted Jesus onto it. As Jesus rode along, the crowd spread their clothes on the road. As Jesus approached the road leading down from the Mount of Olives, the whole throng of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice because of all the mighty things they had seen. They said, Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, scold your disciples. Tell them to stop. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the stones would shout. As Jesus came to the city and observed it, he wept over it. He said, if only you knew on this day of all days the things that lead to peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. The time will come when your enemies will build fortifications around you, encircle you, and attack you from all sides. They will crush you completely, you and the people within you. They won't leave one stone on top of another within you because you didn't recognize the time of your gracious visit from God. This is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to God. But before we, before we talk about what Luke says, it's worth just getting it out of the way, uh, talking about the things that Luke didn't say. Like, <clears throat> it's Palm Sunday, and this is the Palm Sunday reading from the Gospel of Luke, and he forgets to mention the <clears throat> palms. Do you may notice that? This, so so I, I went back, uh, I, I went back, uh, I, maybe, I don't know, yesterday, the day before, like that, and I was like, you know what, I don't remember reading Luke on Palm Sunday in a while, and I can't find a record, at least since I've been saving him in the cloud, of the last 10 or, or so years of ever reading Luke on Palm Sunday, and now I know why, is because Luke is kind of, mm-hmm, for Palm Sunday, because he forgets to mention the fact that they... All the other Gospels say that the crowds took branches of palms and they waved them and they put them on the ground and Luke's like, eh, no big deal. And the other thing that he leaves out is is the word Hosanna. I preached an entire sermon last year and I went back and reread it and it was okay. An entire sermon on the importance of the word Hosanna, which means save us. And Luke doesn't mention it once. But what Luke does include... He forgets the palms, he forgets the hosannas. What he does include, and he has been including now for six weeks of our sermons, and for for the ten chapters that we've been listening to Jesus, what Luke does include is conflict. Palm Sunday, 
conflict. Triumphal entry, conflict. And, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, why am I, su- I'm not surprised by that at all. Because it's been conflict throughout. I started scribbling down what we've heard in terms of conflict. See if you re- recognize these stories. There was conflict with religious leaders over and over and over again about how to interpret Scripture. I mean, every, every week, Jesus is somewhere on the Sabbath, and they're like, you can't do that, nanani boo boo, and he's like, uh, watch me? <laughs> I mean, that, that's every week? Conflict over trusting in wealth versus, versus trusting in Jesus. I'm thinking about a rich young ruler over there. There's the inner conflict of choosing the values of your family of origin over the way of Jesus when he says, who is my mother and who are my brothers and sisters? There's the conflict caused when the disciples themselves deny what Jesus is predicting is going to happen. You remember that? It it, it finally reaches three different times that Jesus says that X, Y, and Z are going to happen, and the disciples stand there to his face and say, no, you're wrong. That's not the way it's going to go. The nerve. (laughs) They didn't get the memo that this guy's a big, that's a sticky palm branch. Underneath it all, and Luke doesn't deal with this too much, but underneath it all is the fact that, 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 the, that the people of God, this proud, this proud Hebrew Jewish just tradition, are, are literally oppressed under the thumb of the Roman Empire that says that we can tax you, we can take from you, we can imprison you, and we can kill you. And we get to decide. But maybe greater than even that, and I I think I said this a few weeks ago, maybe greater than even that that is that it becomes clear to us that the center of conflict and the very battle over our salvation is happening right here. One story after another, conflict, conflict. And and the thing is, when I am in conflict, the thing I want more greater than any single other thing is relief. I mean, one out of ten thousand people are, are no, that's not even right. One out of a hundred thousand people are like sociopathic, right? One out of a hundred thousand. But the rest of us, raise your hands, the rest of us, we're regular people. Say it with me. I'm regular people. No, no, actually, say it with me. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're regular people. I mean, only, only bad, I mean, no one wants to remain in conflict. Every one of us, when we're in conflict, is seeking what? Relief. And the Jesus term for relief is peace. So is it any wonder, can you call up, Randy, can you call up verse 38? Is it any wonder that when they see Jesus, this is what they say? Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. We're in conflict, it's all around us. But you offer us this 
peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens? Is it any wonder that they are screaming out peace and you're the one to do it? Now, before any of us rush ahead with what's going to happen in a few days, I'm thinking about Thursday night and Friday, right? Before any of us rush ahead, this is a good thing. How many of us right now, I'm dead serious, how many of us right now would would give tomorrow's paycheck if our country would all come together and declare Jesus is king? Maybe two days' paychecks, right? (laughs) This is happening right now. The crowds are declaring, you're the one, you're going to bring us peace. And, and, and it's not just with their words. They literally, they literally take the cloaks off their back. The Greek word, I looked it up, the Greek word means that they're, they're outer garments. So it could be a cloak or a robe or, or, or something, so, so, you know, some, something that they would have gone outside in, right? You know, just, just to sort of move around in. You know, and, and they take it off their back and they lay it on the ground. On the path, and you can, you can go there and visit, and, and there, there's the Mount of Olives, and then there's this, this path that moves sort of diagonally across down to the bottom of the Kidron Valley, and then it goes straight up steep, and there's the wall, and there's the gate, and there's the gate, and there's the gate, and the places that they would have come in, and, and, and they, they're laying them all there on the ground. And not just with our words, but with our actions. Because a thousand years ago, we remember that our fathers and mothers, they took their cloaks off when God had selected Jehu to be king, and we believe you could be king, and we want to make it happen because, because we submit before you. Because we want peace. The only thing is, what happens when a week goes by? Maybe not even a whole week. Maybe, maybe, what happens when a few days goes by? And you're headed out to grab something, or maybe you're headed to work, or you're, you're, going, you're going somewhere, and you reach on the coat rack for that outer garment, and it's not there, right? You know? Does this anybody have you? I mean, I'm the only one in the room that can't ever find their stuff, right? <laughs> yeah? I'm the only one in the room. And so, so I begin to retrace my steps. When was the last time I had it? Okay, well, I took it to work that day. I remember it was cold in the office. I had, yeah. We, got, we, had a, we had a free night, and we went to the movies. It was cold there. I had it there. So when was, ah, that's right. It was the day that that prophet guy was coming down, and the crowd, I was kind of caught up in a tizzy and with the crowds, and I laid it down, and it's probably still there on the side of the road with, 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 like, you know, with the donkey tracks running right over it. There, it's probably where it is. Now, now listen, listen, listen to the they and the we, right? They gave up their cloaks and their clothes. And we, and we gave stuff up too. Not quite 40 days ago. Some of us on Ash Wednesday wrote it down on a card and put it in the basket. Some of us, some of us in, a, in, a, in a prayer to God. Some of, us, some of us right before we were called on in Sunday school class made something up and we, we said we'd give it up. And, and they, go back to the crowds, they, they said, 
Jesus, your king. And we submit to you. And, and every Christian, I've done it again. <clears throat> and every Christian in the room, we've done the same thing. And yet when we return to the spot and we look down and see all these reminders on the ground, we're just struck by how badly we failed. They cried out, we want relief. But instead... Instead of peace, they only got more conflict. And we cried out, we want peace. But instead of peace, we've only gotten more turmoil and we've only gotten more trouble. The, the, the palm branches and the cloaks are there as a visual reminder of how badly they got it wrong. And every day I encounter the people who remind me how badly I've gotten it wrong. When I make a promise, when I make a promise to someone and then don't keep it, do you know what it feels like in my chest the next time I see them? And I remember, oh, yeah, I was supposed to go see them. I would call them, do the thing, and There's, there's a word for encountering it again and remembering that we didn't do it right the first time. And that word is shame. And so when, when Palm Sunday is come and gone, all this laying on the ground that literally sticks to our feet is shame. Because like the crowds, we said, you're the one. And I promise to follow you. And that lasts, you know, a little while. Until somebody else promises that if we follow them, they can deliver better. Un 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 until, until something else promises, maybe not with, with words, but, but maybe just with, with, with the packaging, maybe not with the packaging, maybe not with the marketing, but, but, just, but just this sense. Maybe, maybe it's just this voice in our head that says, you know what, you know, Jesus was good that day, but today I think the better way is. And so we go chasing after it. Could it, could it be that there are people who will go to hell because they just can't keep their hearts still long enough? They just bounce from one thing to the other. You're the one. Well, you're the one. No, you are. Could it be we're just like the crowds? And I'm, and I'm done, but hear me, hear me. But what's so shocking is that Jesus saw it coming. 
He knew. He knew on Sunday it was this way. And by Friday, it was this way. What, 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 is, what does Paul say? While we were still weak, at the right moment, Christ died for ungodly people. Happy Palm Sunday. But he has given us, he has given us a path out of it. We, we do not have to stand there any longer staring at our shame. We do not have to be reminded any longer of the promises we've made and not kept. We do not have to, we do not have to wallow anymore in the grief of how badly we have hurt each other and ourselves, and God. If we will confess our sins, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. It's 1 John 1, 9. We've read it before. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from everything we've done wrong. In a week where the story goes from high to low, we gather as God's people seeking the peace that lasts. And we're reminded that he's still the one to deliver it. Let's pray. Lord, we take this moment just to just to confess. The ways that we've hurt each other. Tracing every one of them back because we 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 were afraid we'd get hurt first. May we come confessing the ways that we've hurt ourselves. And most of all, God, the ways that we have hurt you. You were the only one for us. And yet we turn our back on you We chase after lies. And promises that nothing else can keep. Lord, my prayer for all of us is that Easter would not 
come. Before we've gotten right with you about all that we've gotten wrong. It does no good to proclaim that he is risen if we're still wallowing in death. This is the work. This is the work that we need to be about. We're thankful that you are with us as we journey, as we labor. Hear our prayers. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen.